Hey, good morning. A little bit late. Yeah, yeah. Dragging just a pinch because of that Nuggets game. Welcome to Kill You With Truth's Morning Constitution. Your boy D-Mac. We're going to go through the latest of the Denver sports news, the best that we can, and get you going on this day. So, again, more news about mock drafts for the Broncos. Avalanche try to um, take on an old foe that was uh, fun memories thinking about Tampa, that's for sure. Later tonight, we'll have five to go later this afternoon. But And 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 we'll get to, to what happened in Kansas City uh, a little bit later, plus all of your comments. Load them up right now. Always good to see how you're doing and what's going on. But we start with the Nuggets. And for the first time, I'm having some doubts about the Nuggets. Last night surprised me, um, really surprised me. I call it the death zone, or I used to at least, and that's if the Nuggets had you tied or uh, they had a little bit of a lead or whoa, whatever with five minutes to go with Jokic Murray. So the death zone does come with that caveat that there was no way for a team to beat the Nuggets at home. Well, it happened, but no Murray, no KCP. So perhaps. It wasn't the same, but I just didn't think the Nuggets were that thin depth-wise. They had a 16-point lead over the Sacramento Kings. The Kings were playing three games in four nights. They were on the back end of a back-to-back. The Nuggets have destroyed teams. An overwhelming record taking on teams with back-to-backs in Denver and last night lost. They gave away the lead. They gave up 62 points in the second half. They couldn't close it out when it mattered most. It was surprising. Michael Malone was disappointed. I AG's 25 and 15 were uh, impactful. He played downhill. And um, when Aaron plays with that kind of mentality, as you know, Katie, um, he's a different player and he makes us a different team. Um, so we need that from him. Got to the foul line eight times, too. So um, it's, it's just too bad, man. That was a game that I felt uh, I wanted to win for our guys. You know, they worked so hard. And um, obviously, we just were not able to close it out. Um, not good at all. You could tell how Malone could barely talk after the game. He got teed up. Jokic got teed up. Frustration was boiling over because you saw a game you should have won easily. After you had built a significant lead. I mean, it was 27-16 after the first quarter. Then you you get them by a point in the second quarter. So you go to halftime with the 12-point lead, and you're feeling okay. A 12-point lead that would stretch at some points to 16. And then you get outscored 30-21 to and 31-24, and you lose by four. I mean, this is disappointing to say the the least and um well michael malone explains why they were bad i think it's we're not healthy i mean we have the best five-man starting unit in the league in the last three games we haven't had the, those five guys together so i think it's more of that uh the, at least we defended tonight i mean that was my big thing to our team today harrison was the last two games we are 30th in three-point percentage we are 30th in field goal percentage so if you're not making shots which we aren't you got to get stops to try to stay in the game and 
We didn't do that at SAC. We didn't do that at Milwaukee. I felt like tonight, yes, as Vinny said, the defense surely got uh, worse as the game went along. But overall, 102 points allowed, 43 from the field, and only nine made threes. Those are really, really improved numbers from uh, the earlier. Well, that's kind of polishing a turd right there. I, I get it. It was better than what you were doing, but still. Okay, you played better defensively, but not in the second half. Maybe initially, maybe initially because the Kings were a little bit tired. How did the Kings, who played the night before playing at elevation, they could be one, two, three Cancun, looking forward to the to the break too. Like, how did they have the energy? Malone was asked, is this just part of what's going to happen? Do you get the best out of every team because you're the defending champs? And it does make you realize they're in uncharted territory. Oh, yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, you try to prepare guys for that. You know, you talk to them about it going into the season. You know, that was the main uh, point of emphasis in training camp in San Diego is that, you know, we have a bullseye on our back now. And for 82 games, we're going to get everybody's best, um, you know, from – a team in Sacramento or from teams that may be down in the standings. There are no easy nights for us. And um, give them credit. They played last night. And uh, even, yes, we were undermanned, but, you know, they came in here and you know took it from us at the end. So uh, we got to regroup and we got to realize that those 27 games to go, most importantly, we just can't think we're going to ease into the 27 games. We have to hit the ground running. We stumbled going into the break. Well, we got to sprint out of the break. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. This is why I'm having some doubts right now. You didn't make any deals at the trade deadline. Okay, Jamal is hurt, and there's Reggie Jackson, who I really like. Good dude, local guy, and but is he slowing down a little bit? He was all right last night. Um, 29 minutes, 6 of 13. That's all right. Uh, for 12 points, 9 assists, 5 rebounds. Actually, it's a pretty good game overall. But the depth of the team is after Reggie Jackson. You you go to Colin Gillespie, I guess. And Colin is going to the All-Star game because he's a G League superstar. But there were no deals done at the deadline. It does give you a little concern. Speaking of Reggie, this is how he wrapped up his press session yesterday. Rest, man. A bunch of sleep. Hopefully y'all do the same. I mean, that's what he's talking about doing during the break. Listen, it was a bummer of a game, but the one thing that just stood out was how tired and exhausted this team actually is. Malone spoke of the best benefit that the break could actually bring. It's very rewarding for everybody, you know. Um, and as Jamal and I were talking about it today, this is the first time we're going through it. You know, the Golden State went through it, you know, four times. Um, you know, Pop and San Antonio, they went through it a bunch of times. Well, this is, you can talk, you can talk to people, how hard is it? But you got to walk that. You got to go through it yourself to really understand it. And we played into June. And our guys that were here last year are definitely physically, mentally, and emotionally worn out. Played a lot of basketball. And so I think getting away, I feel bad for Nicola. You know, he's got to go to Indianapolis, and uh, hopefully he can find a way to just 
rest his mind, but uh, I'm hoping that this break allows everybody to come back rejuvenated and, um, you know, kind of with a, um, a new uh, pep in their step, if you will, to attack these 27 games. That's what I'm hoping for. Thanks, everybody. Hey, well, uh, if you notice, there was music playing behind Michael Malone. That music, that thumping, the cheers, the excitement, that that wasn't from like a, a dance party or a club that is located in the bowels of Ball Arena. That's the Sacramento Kings locker room. They were hooting and hollering. They had the energy. They take that good vibe to the break, not the Nuggets. And, and I don't know if this loss will set up some form of inspiration or just another sort of grinded out level of exhaustion. And I feel bad for Jokic. I do. I feel bad for Jokic too. He has to go to the all-star game. I think Colin Gillespie's probably pretty pumped, but yeah, I feel bad for Jokic. Malone feels bad for Jokic. Jamal Murray said he was going to go see Volk fight in Vegas. All right, cool. Have fun. Reggie Jackson, I guess, is just going to sleep. Who knows? I hope the guys can get some rest. And I do think they're the best starting five when healthy in the NBA. But how in the world is this healthy five going to be a healthy five by the time the playoffs start? I don't know that. Do you know that? I, I seriously don't know it. And where are you going to be happy in what place? Right now, the Nuggets are two and a half games out of first place, the Timberwolves. They are, I mean, yeah. I feel you're safe if you're five games in front of an opponent. Well, they're three games in front of the Suns, three games in front of the Pelicans, four games in front of the Mavericks, and four and a half games in front of the Kings. The only team that you seem to be all right with is the Lakers and Golden State and teams below them. Meanwhile, you're two and a half games behind the Wolves, a game and a half behind the Thunder, and a game behind the Clippers at the break. Not exactly what was happening last year at this time. So what they're going through, as Michael Malone laid out, is likely the championship growing pains. We certainly saw it last year with the Avalanche where it was exhausting for them to get to the finish line. And by the time the playoffs started, they had no gas. The Kraken weren't that good. The Kraken lost the team, the loss of the team, the loss of the team. I mean, you know, it wasn't like the Avs were even close last year. And while I have no doubts the Nuggets will make the playoffs, the possibility of being in the play-in at least exists, which is a bummer. And unless you can go on some sort of serious run, your shot of winning the West and having the number one seed like you did last year is, whew, forget about possibly catching Boston. I mean, that's just toast. That ain't going to happen. I mean, you're so far behind Boston, it's ridiculous. So there's zero chance 
if Boston just keeps cruising to host them in the NBA Finals. And NBA Finals, what am I talking about? Jokic did not have a good game yesterday. In 39 minutes, Jokic had 15 points on 6 of 17 shooting with 5 rebounds and 8 assists. For Jokic, that is just not a good game. You throw four fouls onto that and a technical minus four and plus minus. That for Jokic is a bad game. I'm telling you, maybe one of his worst home games that he's had um, all year. And now he's got to go to the all-star game. He's the one guy that doesn't get a break. <sighs> kind of a rough spot. Then... On Valentine's Day, I guess we should have seen this coming. And, you know, I believe in love. I do. But we had this moment at the Nuggets game. She said yes! I put um, Jumbotron engagements right up there with playing Don't Stop Believing when you're losing. Now, why am I so rough on Jumbotron engagements? And this was like, this wasn't just a Jumbotron engagement. This was, or I think they were playing one of them goofy games or throwing big, huge, bouncy balls into cardboard boxes. I don't, you know, one of these things. I mean, I have no. I have no problems with the in-game entertainment. The Nuggets do a fabulous job with it. And am I surprised somebody had a surprise engagement on Valentine's Day? Heck no. But I had a buddy, and he went to Syracuse, and she went to Boston College, and they got engaged on a Jumbotron during a BC-Syracuse basketball game. And what I realized um, as the marriage disintegrated within months of existing is it was more about how we were getting engaged than being engaged in the first place. Now, I'm being a little bit serious here, and I'm sure this this couple has nothing but 100 years of love and success in front of them. I mean, they're different, right? But boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> Jumbotron engagements are a risky business. I do have a moment of inspiration that I'd like to um, tell you this story behind. I believe in the human spirit and doing difficult things and coming through for all of us in our regular lives is not easy, nor do we get that many opportunities to do so. But every now and then you want to push yourself and challenge yourself. And so to see somebody struggle and then succeed when it's not easy, Man, that is cool. So last night, the anthem singer. Now, in general, the anthem singers at Nuggets games are unbelievable. Unbelievable. And so was the anthem singer last night. However, however, there were bumps in the road unexpectedly. So when I do the Hangout Live at Ball Arena, and I've been lucky to do that a few times where I'm actually broadcasting via the old internets live from Ball Arena, which I think is cool, but that's at 4.30 to 5.10. 
in the in the afternoon. Well, what I have discovered while I'm there is that's the time frame. At some moment, they bring the person to practice the national anthem to practice the national anthem. So I'm respectful for sure. I'll, I'll be quiet. I'll shut up. It is interesting, though, when the national anthem is being practiced, it's still the national anthem. Nobody else seems to stop. Everybody just keeps going what they're doing like it's just the rehearsal of any old song, but it's still the net. Anyway, well, yesterday was was interesting because the person singing the national anthem struggled with the national anthem. His voice was breaking up. He wasn't hitting the high notes. He had to stop a couple times to collect himself. He really wasn't able to do it to the degree that you thought, oh, wow, is this going to be a Carl Lewis type of moment. And I'm telling you, you want pressure in your life. Try to do something difficult smoothly that you're struggling with earlier in the day in front of 19,000 people. So when the anthem happened yesterday, I was just like, oh boy, how's this going to go? Man, I can't tell you how fired up I was that this is how the national anthem turned out. That gives me goosebumps right now because of how well he pulled it off after struggling a couple hours before. Wow, I'm. That was amazing. And it was because of um, the struggle before that made that moment so great that. He, he wasn't afraid to, to push himself and to try something and just get there. And he's got a magnificent voice. But the, the anticipation of doing something with so much pressure and, um, you know, that could get to you a little bit. And I, I, I'm sorry that I, I don't know his name, but um, that was so uh, inspirational to me because at the moment the anthem was going on, all I could think about is is the tragedy in Kansas City and how senseless that was at the Chiefs parade. And I, I don't know what's happened to our country and in like the grown-up years of my life. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't understand the culture. I I, I don't under I just don't get it. I, I just was feeling down, um, sad, horrified. Can you imagine being family members, friends, the victims of that? 
and I don't mean to be blasé because it's not just that. It seems so often there's senseless tragedies around America all the time. And we've certainly dealt with it here in Colorado. We've had more of our fair share of it. And it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. And so I, I needed a little moment of inspiration, and I got it from a guy who was having a hard time singing the anthem earlier to knock it out of the park. And, and uh, as I'm getting choked up right now thinking about it. Um, Michael Malone was asked about the shooting before the game and had this to say. Coaches say it's that it gets to a point where you don't want to go to a movie theater. You don't want to go celebrate a championship. You don't want to go out to a nightclub because this just happens time and time again. And then, then you're not living. So that, that's where our, uh, you know, the people that we put in power in our, in, in our offices, whether it's locally or nationally, they've got to do a better job of finding a way to not make all these, um, I haven't heard the details, what kind of guns or weapons were used in this case, but uh, people just can't go buy a gun or an assault rifle and go kill people. I mean, like, how many more people have to die before we change that? And again, I, I, that's not my job. My job is to coach, but I do have feelings. I am a parent. And I am a member of this uh, great nation. We have to do a bit, much better job than we have. Thanks, everybody. It's um, very well said. I'm reading the reports. Um, let me get it updated. Make sure I get the latest. One dead, 22 shot. Why? And what Malone said resonated with me too. It's like, okay, well, here's who I am. Here's what I do. How can we not do better in this department? with those who are charged with making sure stuff like this doesn't happen what what does have to happen and i'm i'm not trying to get into some sort of big political debate but clearly we could do better so how and perhaps that's the question that does get political and once things get political in this country these days nothing seems to get done so i shrugged my shoulders and i i i feel sadness but i am curious from start to finish how did that happen yesterday i am not so chafened by the horrible news that happens all the time to not be inquisitive about the nature of every single horrible tragic incident that could possibly be prevented. What I remain stunned by is the apparent lack of attention to do anything about it. Because it just keeps going on and on.
What change needs to happen? Listen, I'm no smarter than than anybody. I'm probably a less smarter. But I think anybody can recognize this shit needs to stop. I had intentions of going into other things and, and, you know, and I, I was trying to save this for the end and uh, we'll catch up with football with Nate and Chad in a little bit. We'll go on with our day. I'll be thrilled to be on with Tyler and Scott from noon to three, four 30. We'll be back for a watch along or a, a, a hangout and a watch along with the avalanche. So we have a full day of cool stuff going on. And aren't we lucky to have a cool day of stuff going on? And there's, I mean, I've, I've had bumps in my, the road for me, my personal life. This past year, there's stuff that I'm dealing with my family that I actually haven't shared. As open of a book as I've been, there's other things going on that have been rough. And there was reason to think, especially yesterday, well, you know, maybe things are taking a turn for the right, at, at least in my personal life. And then this news comes out and, I'd say find find sources of inspiration where you can. Find the positive in life in in small things. Find somebody who can sing the anthem, which is what's wonderful about this country. Find the positive things about this incredible country that we live in. But but let's not think things are perfect. And how can you impact change positively? And and that's what I'll try to do in, in, in my way today. And I will remain inspired by um, by that dude singing the anthem last night. I will. Okay. Uh, getting all choked up. Okay, wrapping things up here. We'll get to Mark Drafts. We'll get to football. We'll get to the abs. We'll get to all of it today. But I, I bid you adieu. Um, for a while back at eight o'clock with Nate and Chad. Love you. Thank you.